Welcome to another episode of the Student Television Network podcast, Say Your Name and Spell It. STN is an international nonprofit educational association. STN supports excellence in scholastic broadcast journalism, creative video, and filmmaking for middle and high school students and teachers. The STN podcast presents relevant information for members and anyone interested in joining the organization. And now, here's your host, Kevin Matsunaga. Aloha and welcome to the STN podcast, Say Your Name and Spell It, for February of 2021. We are just days away from the 2021 STN online convention. And today, I want to welcome fellow board member and my co-host for this month, Ken Stone. Welcome to the podcast, Ken, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And it's not only Ken Stone, but it's K-E-N-S-T-O-N-E, like a rock. (laughs) And he, and, and Ken is not the final cut guy. That is something that I learned. There was, Ah. if if anyone knows final cut, if you've been around final cut for long enough, you know that there is a, there's another Ken Stone that does a whole bunch of stuff with final cut. There's a huge website that I learned so many things from, and I actually thought that was you. Yeah, and I have disappointed so many people because they meet me face-to-face and they go, oh, I love your website. And then I have to tell them, no, I'm not that guy. And they're like, oh. Oh, no, you have so many other wonderful (laughs) qualities and things about you. You, You're not going to disappoint anybody. But anyway, I want to thank you for joining us today because uh, we are just days away from from the online convention. And I wanted to talk to you about... Uh, how we can get our affiliates prepared, what they can do for the contest. But before we do that, as a first-time guest to the podcast, can you tell us how you got started with STN? Because you've been around for quite a long time, haven't you? I was at the very first convention at that Sheraton Hotel near Hollywood. Nice. Um, And uh, I got pulled in by a woman by the name of uh, Teresa Fister. So Teresa was one of these people who just had these great connections. And uh, she was in marketing and communications, ran her own business, uh, and uh, she wasn't in TV per se, uh, but she ran into a bunch of these teachers who were just frustrated at the, um, uh, at the lack of content that was being offered to their kids at, I think it was JEA, and this yeah. was more than 20 years ago. Yeah. And so the teachers were crazy and said, hey, let's put her on our own convention. And Teresa, who had some expertise in this, was like, I'll help. And one of the things she did was uh, bring in people who are working in TV news and the industry uh, and bring them in and they can do presentations and they can do judging. And so I was one of those people and we were called the Minnesota Mafia because Teresa was based in Minnesota. (laughs) And so so reporters, anchors, shooters, editors, um, myself, we got pulled in. We didn't get paid, of course, but Teresa said, I'll buy you some (laughs) really good dinners. And so... And we were literally inventing things on the fly. And if you think think about, for, for the students or teachers who are listening to this, think about the very first show you put on with the new set, with the new anchors, new class, new everything. And, you know, you end up doing it and you think, we did a thousand things wrong. And you think, but there are a couple of things we did great. Yep. Let's do it again. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. We did so many things wrong. We didn't know what we were talking about. <laughs> um, you know, where was, did we have enough equipment? Did we have enough judges? Did we have enough presentations? Did the AV work? All that kind of stuff. But it was a success. And frankly, you know, the next year we had double the number of students. 
and and we were a little bit smarter. So anyway, I've been a judge or a presenter every year, except for one, which I missed due to work. And uh, several years ago, Teresa unfortunately died, and uh, she was on the board by that time. And so I ended up becoming a board member in her place. So longtime judge and presenter, and now I'm actually on the board of FDM. Yeah. You know, I remember that that first convention and I just remember walking around and just being amazed at just how many other people were kind of just doing the same thing that, that I was doing. Because back in my school, I was like the only teacher. Right. And I had, I think, maybe one class at that time. And it was just amazing to just see so many people, um, you know, and, even though we and, only had, I think, 500. I think 500 was the amount right, of people. 500. Yeah. So exciting. It was. Um, and this is, and I know for, especially for the students listening to this, I mean, this really was before the internet was a thing. Yeah. So there was, <laughs> yep. there that's how old it was. To, right. There were not ways to connect with other students or nope. other schools. There really nope. weren't. So, so right. It was sort of like, oh my gosh, there's somebody else like me. And yeah. she's teaching a class sort of like I do. And I mean, that, that really was a cool part and still is a cool part of the convention. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Teresa was the best. Uh, and you're right. She was, she was different, you know, she kind of, you know, had different ways of doing things, but everything with the best intentions, as far as doing the most that she could to help out this organization and, you know, her time serving on the board. And, and even when she passed, you know, her family set up a, a scholarship for students. Yep. So, uh, she's, she's, definitely missed and we love everything that she did for SCN and I'm so glad that you were part of that Minnesota mafia and that you've stuck around for this long. Yeah, I did. And I'm glad too. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, convention prep first. You know, I know your forte is more contest, but let's talk a little bit about how schools can just be prepared for the convention. And, and this, I know, I know this year we're in a virtual convention but things are still kind of the same as far as how to prepare for this upcoming weekend, right? Right. I mean, there are slightly different obstacles, or but it's sort of like, and anybody who's putting together a show now knows this, well, yeah, we put on our weekly show or we put on our daily show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're using our iPhones instead of our, you know, uh, these cameras. And, oh, yeah, our anchors are sitting in their bedrooms, um, and so and they're doing their stand-ups from there. But it's sort of the same thing, and, and this convention is going to be sort of the same thing too, and that's true for the judging as well, and for the competitions. Yeah, you know, there's going to be there's going to be deadlines, there's going to be obstacles that people are going to have to figure out how do I do this, and it's pretty much the same, if only a little bit different. Yeah, there there still needs to be some work put in by teachers and students to prepare. So obviously, you know, one of the best things you can do is just hit up our website at studenttelevision.com or studenttelevision.org. Get up to the website. We have a link that uh, is specifically for convention and it has, it'll have all the information that you need. Please don't check this on the day of the convention though, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Because even if the information is there, tick, 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 you can't find it, right? Absolutely. It's like, ah, 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 ah. And, then, and then you have a panic email or text or phone call and you end up losing 30 minutes or 45 minutes when the information was there. So absolutely. And this is true for when you're putting together a show or, yep. or you're planning a film or you're putting together a PSA. Usually the best ones happen when you have enough planning. So just do some pre-planning and uh, just 
so that everything's not a rush. Yeah. And this huge, because the deadline's tough enough, don't make it tougher. Exactly. Uh, do everything you can to make it easier. And, and by the way, Josh, our education um, a coordinator sent out a thing on the listserv, this top 11 list of this yep. is what you ought to do. To, and it's terrific. I mean, it's sort of like, yeah, that's what you ought to do. And it's real simple. Uh, and one of them was, uh, which I liked was, you know, have students uh, look at previous winners on the SDN YouTube channel. Absolutely. And, you know, and then analyze it. It's like, okay, so that one for spot you mm-hmm. know, news, why? Uh, or that one, the crazy ace, huh? Why and talk about it, then you'll start seeing certain things consistently across all the categories, mm-hmm. and that will help you as you put together your plan for entering and taking part in the contest. Yeah. You know, for middle schools, they added, uh, I think the short story was something that's brand new this year. And so we had never done that before. So I had no experience with the contest. Uh, first thing I did was look up what the contest was about, uh, right up there on the STN website. If you go to convention and then you drop down to convention contests, there is an affiliate drive. And if you open that up, there's a, it's a, just a link to a Google drive that has folders of every single contest. And it shows you exactly what a contest is as well as how it's going to be judged. And, and you, all the information is right there, but I still had to go to the YouTube page and look for examples. Cause I had, even though I could see everything on a paper, I still had no idea what a video could look like. And so we, I, we looked at the, the winning entries from Seattle and that kind of helped us to figure out how to practice for this. And so right, we were kind of right. ready to, you know, we, we ran a few practices so far and that, you know, I showed that to the students and they had a much better idea on what they had to do. Right. And when it comes to a short story or any story, you, I want to see a beginning, I want to see a middle, and I want to see an yeah. end. And so in the beginning, is that is foreshadowing. Mm. I want to see something in the first 15 seconds or so yeah. that sort of hints at where the story's going. And if you think about it, every Hollywood movie does this, right? Yeah. Every single one. Absolutely. Um, every TV show does it. Just as, you know, and usually there's a, a little piece of music that, at, you know, in a TV show that lets you know, important, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the first 15 seconds or so, you need to let people know this is what the story might be about. Uh, and, th- and especially for the, when the judges are looking at these stories, and this is whether it's short story or crazy eight or almost doesn't matter what category, you know, we'll see 20, 30, 40, 50 entries all at once. You know, one after another and your eyes sort of glaze over and you have to get up and walk around the room because you want to be fair (laughs) to each person. But when you get to the 40, when you get to the 47th one, you know, your patience is a little short. And what really helps is that when the judge sees, oh, that's what this thing's going to be about. Okay. Mm. I'm going to watch. What are you you, going to show me? What's the reveal? What's the surprise? So anyway, so pro tip, story, story, story. Yeah. A little bit of foreshadowing. Okay. Getting back to what you, what you mentioned when about Josh and his emails that, that he's been sending out, there is also a series of videos. I don't know if people know about this, but there are a couple of videos up on the website and it's under convention, under uh, convention hacks. And Josh has put together about five different videos and they're all about various topics on, on how to be prepared. So like the first one is what to do before the contest. Episode two is what do you do in the first five minutes of the contest? 
Uh, episode three, how to make a professional phone call to arrange maybe a, an interview or to set up an interview with someone or to ask questions. Episode four is about using MPEG stream clip to compress your footage or your, your end entry before you turn it in. And we'll talk a little bit about that in, in, in shortly. But And the last one was just wrapping up your contest, what to do at the very end when you're just about ready to submit it. Each video is really short, but has some fantastic information in there. If you haven't shown these videos to your students, this is a great, great resource. And I suggest that everybody check these out. Yeah, no, it's Josh is a, a longtime teacher. So he's had his own kids and students. And, yep. You know, he's learned this over the years, year after year. He's like, oh, okay, next year I know I need to do this to help my students better prepare. So his advice is spot on. Uh, and what he's been able to do with the videos is awesome. So yeah, take advantage of it. Take it. Believe me, that first year, <laughs> <laughs> nobody had that kind of advice. Nobody. Exactly. And going back to the one about compression, um, you know, that's mm -hmm. one of the changes this year in the sense that because we're going to be virtual or online, the way that students will have to submit their entries will be through. Uh, our STN website through a link and they, they're going to have to really watch the file size because right. it has and to stay under a certain amount, right? And it is important, okay? You can have the greatest award-winning video in the world mm -hmm. and if that thing is four gigs yeah. and can't be seen <laughs> by the judge, oh my God. Right? Yeah. it's not going to get judged. Yeah. And this actually was a problem that even in our, you know, at on-site conventions, we would get files, which were massive and also had a different codec uh, yes. so that we couldn't yep. play it on the computer. Yep. And any number of times I'm trying to play it on the computer that we had set up, then I'd put it on my laptop. Then I'd ask somebody, ask somebody for another kind of laptop, see if you can play this. And there were some, and it killed me because I knew that, you know, so many hours and sweat and tears yeah. were poured into that piece and we can't see it. So one of the things you want to do in addition to looking at that file size is play it on another computer, right? Great, I mean, great put, idea. Put it, on a yep. thumb drive, put it on a thumb drive and put it on a, you know, and give it to your friend who's got a PC or give it to you and just make sure that it plays yep. uh, because so often it's not, you know, it's actually, they've got a ghost file. It's not the real file. And the minute it's separated from its computer, there's nothing there. So uh, you just, and it's, and which gets to one of the pieces of advice. If your deadline is three o'clock or four o'clock or five o'clock, whatever the deadline is, you should not be doing your last edit at three minutes up. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, you need to have your own internal deadline. What yep. you, and because what you need to do is you need to have the team review it. Right. You need to then, and you know, oh, I didn't see that flash frame, that kind of thing. Uh, or, oh, I, I forgot that I had to fix that audio, that yep. kind of thing, because it was earlier on the timeline. Uh, and then you have to compress it, which always takes much longer, you know, oh, yes. much longer than you want it to, right? Yep. And then after you compress it, then you have to play it on not just your computer, but somebody else's computer to make sure it can be seen. And this is something that professionals do all the time. Yeah. It's, believe me, it's, it's sort of like you have to make sure that those ones and zeros on that digital file you're yeah. sending to somebody can be seen. Absolutely. Like that is, I, I remember so many times when our group was at convention and we're exporting and for whatever reason, the computer, if you have a slower computer, 
that thing will take longer. Right. And you're, and everyone is just sitting there watching the thing export and you know, you're looking at the clock and you're, and for whatever reason, it's always slower, right? It's 10 and times that slower. Blue bar right? It's yeah. barely moving. It's barely moving. You're dying. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it also has to get uploaded into a specific spot. So you need to make sure that even once all of that is done, you need to follow that link that your that teachers are going to be sharing with students to then upload that file into the, the exact spot that it needs to go to so that our judges can see it. And it has to be starting before the deadline. So right. Right. it doesn't have to be finished. It doesn't have to be finished in that deadline. As long as it as the upload is starting by the deadline. Right. And, okay. and obviously you don't want, you don't want mistakes in your piece, right? Oh, yes. There's this expression there's this expression, perfect is the enemy of good. And, yep. You know, so many times I've heard from students that they spent the half an hour because they were really working on this one a factor or one piece, and then they end up blowing the deadline. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like, no, it's like perfect is the enemy of good. If yeah. it's a good piece, send it. And of course you wish you could have done this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. That's always the case. Yeah, of course. I mean, I have this, uh, this documentary that I did that I'm very proud of. It won a big national award. And I keep thinking about, oh, I should have fixed that one part. It was, <laughs> yeah. It's like, gone it. I should have. Uh. So you'll always have that. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I know when my students give me, usually when my students will turn it in, um, you know, I'm, of course, never with them. You're not, you're not allowed to be with students when they're, you know, editing and, and doing it in the traditional sense at convention. But I always ask them, okay, let me see the file once, once the, con the contest is done. And you're always looking at thinking like, oh, I wish they had done this. I wish they had done that. But, you <laughs> right. know, it can't be perfect. It's, it's such a short time frame. And I think that's, you know, if you're brand new to the convention, that is something that you're going to learn really, really quick is that that time limit is really stressful. And if, you know, you don't have a lot, a good plan in place and your team isn't working, it's going to be really tough to make that deadline. So right. to and, do everything and, you can to make it simpler is the best thing. Yeah. And honestly, the purpose of, the competition uh, is not to win. It's to do your best work possible. Yes. Uh, and, and if you win, oh, that's you bonus, know, right? I, I know how exciting that is. Oh yeah. Uh, but it is to do your best work possible. It, you know, yeah. in, in football, they have the thing about hey, I, you know, I left it all out on the field. Yeah. Um, and, and always, whenever I hear athletes say that, I always think of what they left their jock strap out on the field, but I, I mean, <laughs> their shoes. Their yeah. Socks, yeah. Yeah. What else did they but, leave but, there? But, right. Yeah. 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 But, but it is, you just want to feel like I, I did my best. Our team did our best and, and we did some good things. Awesome. And then you, then you wait for, you know, mean old judges like me to give you sevens <laughs> and sixes and fives and, and, you know, and a total score. Yeah. And that's a great point because I think so many times, um, seen schools just be so hung up on winning or placing and there's just so much pressure on students to pump out a perfect video and if they don't win, they go home and they feel like they, they were just a failure. And that's totally not the, the feeling so, you want kids so to have, true. you know? No. And, and I, and this is true. I mean, I've seen some really terrible pieces, <laughs> but the, really the work that they are doing is across the board remarkable. It's yeah. really stunning. And frankly, 
how do you get judges, how do you get these industry professionals who charge $1,500, $2,000 a day for their work usually, mm-hmm. uh, how do you get them to come to SDN for nothing? And yeah. part of the reason is that the judges, all of them, are just wowed by what we see. And it's like, yeah, I want to come back. I want to, I want to see what else they're doing. Yeah. So, so again, yeah, you, you know, you're not all going to win. That's just the way that it is. I hope you win something because it's a great feeling, yep. but it's the competition and the chance to do something uh, really remarkable that, that, I mean, that's what it's about. Uh, and, and it also, and for teachers in particular, the judges have comments and every judge is different. Some judges put in a ton of comments, other judges don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I tend to put in a lot of comments and I know other judges do as well. Those comments are gold. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because, I mean, you'll, you'll get advice in that. I mean, and honestly, this is the kind of stuff, advice that cost companies and organizations, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars a day to yeah. get this kind of advice. And you're getting it right here for nothing. So if there are comments by the judges, uh, you know, spend a little bit of time on them. And even if you don't agree with them all, like mm-hmm. that judge does not know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great way to get better. Absolutely. And speaking of that, I remember a year in which, um, one of our students in the, the final export, you know, sometimes in an editor, if you have one file clicked on your timeline and you, you export, it only exports that selected clip. So yeah, we submitted, right yeah, we submitted like one clip for our crazy eights, one clip uh-huh. and we knew it. I mean, we know we submitted it and our editor came back and was looking at the file and, and just immediately broke down and she was like, I think I made a mistake. Oh. Right. And then, and we knew, oh man, and you know, how do you, you, it, it almost killed us. It was just like, you know, you put in the eight hours and to know that, oh yeah, this thing is never going to win because they're only seeing one short standup. Yeah, right. Right. And, uh, it was funny. The judges, you know, whoever judged it was like, oh, why did you only send this one clip? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, ah, isn't it kind of obvious? Like it's, we made a mistake, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but right. the judge was actually, I think they actually thought that that was what we were submitting. And I was like, no, not, it was, <laughs> it, we, our editor yeah. made a mistake. That's all it was. That's and, right. No, we're better than that. Yeah. Right? Uh, but yeah. you know, and things like that will happen. And if your students make mistakes, just treat it as a learning experience and, and not right. try to crush someone's spirit just because they made a mistake. I mean, they feel bad enough. If a student goes out and does something wrong, they're not doing it on purpose. It's, it's just a simple mistake. And, and kids are kids. We're all humans. And so if, if mistakes happen, right. they happen. You just got to roll with well, it. Well, and I know that in the past that uh, sometimes, uh, matter of fact, often, uh, we've been given things that did not qualify, did not get submitted on time mm-hmm. or yeah. like you, oops, yeah. we submitted the wrong thing. And the judges will end up giving it a review afterwards yeah. and score it, it yeah. you know, and then it's not part of the competition, but they, they realize that it's like, wow, the kids have spent all this time on it. I'll, you know, I'll spend 20 minutes, take a look at it, make some notes, so if it does happen to you, and I hope it doesn't happen to you, but if it does happen to you that you miss a deadline, uh, that you get that you submit the wrong thing, and you're like, oh my gosh, the kids worked so hard on this, let us know because chances are that we'll find a judge. I mean, me or someone else who will say, yeah, I'll take a look at it and, yeah. and get some feedback for you. 
And I think that's one of the great things about STN is the fact that we have, you know, industry professionals like yourself that are donating their time to give students this feedback that, like you said, could cost thousands of dollars to outside companies, but they're giving it for free just because you took the time to enter. I think that's wonderful. And the fact that you were still giving these critiques and this feedback, even on something that was turned in late. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. The judges all talk about if I had had this opportunity when I were younger, yeah. um, I would, I would be better now, right? Yeah. <laughs> because we, we, we sort of were, we sort of were terrible for the first couple of years in our professional <laughs> lives because we did not have, yeah. we did not have the kind of training or opportunities that the kids are having in high school, let alone oh, yeah. middle school uh, and college. We just didn't. Yeah. So um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's why the judges are, are generally more than happy to spend a little bit of extra time. Yeah. It's amazing the things that I've seen students do at convention. And, you know, when you sit there at the closing ceremonies and you're looking at the winners, a lot of times I'm sitting there and just, just absolutely blown away at how professional these kids are in, you know, their standups or telling stories or their films. Uh, it's, it's a really, it's an amazing uh, experience and uh, should be fun. Even though it's virtual, it should still be fun. Right. Right. No, no, no. And I, I've been judging uh, some contests over the past a couple of months, broadcast excellence and, and mm-hmm. uh, all nationals, that kind of thing. Uh, and I've been uh, amazed at what the schools have been able to do within the remote situation. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's not, quote, as good as uh, when they have everybody in the same room, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, but man, it's remarkably good anyway. Yeah, it really is. And, it is. and I've seen some things that are even better uh, because the you know being remote has forced people to think way outside the box. Oh yeah. And then they come up they come up with a solution with which you're like, oh that's cool. Yeah. Even after you go back to the studio, you should keep doing that. Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. I think that's what this pandemic has kind of made all of us do is just think of how we how can we do things differently. And a lot of those things are going to stick around even after this is over. So, yeah, let me give you a few things that uh, because everybody's like, yeah, but what do the judges want? What do the judges really want? Let's talk about that. What do the judges hate? Uh, So let me tell you what the judges hate. They hate random music. Okay. Okay? They hate music being thrown into stories just because it's. Oh, we can sort of make a cool music video about Mm. this. Well, Okay. okay. So if you're in the music video category, great. But if not. Nine times out of ten, the music doesn't do anything for the story. Mm. Uh, doesn't do near as much as natural sound does. Ah, um, yes. I've seen so many stories about the convention, and and they almost all have this music track laid down on it. And then I don't hear any of the things from the convention, which is so exciting. Yeah. I mean, kids running down and getting their entry in at the last second, throwing it into the basket, uh, kids dancing to whatever the concert was that night. I'm not, I don't hear any of it because the producer has fallen in love with this music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So think really hard about putting music in there. Okay. Because, yeah. um, just because it's cool, is not a reason to do it, which leads to the next thing. Just because it's cool to do a rack focus, doesn't mean you have to do it mm, or a yeah, pan yeah. or a tilt or a zoom. Now there are times when you want to do a rack focus. There are actually times when a pan works. Yep. There's times when a tilt works. Uh, there's a time when zoom works, but 
you got to think about why you're doing it because it's visual literacy. It's yes. something the camera is telling the judge something, underlining something that I'm hearing in the narration or hearing in the soundbite. And if it's just because, oh, this is a really cool black and white effect, well, I don't care if it's a cool black and white effect. Yeah. Why is it in there? Why is it part of the story? So don't fall in love with a particular special effect or, or, piece or whatever the cool edit is uh, at the whatever, moment. Whatever right? the cool thing is yeah. at the moment, right? Uh, the drone shot. Oh, my gosh. There was a couple of years ago. A <laughs> drone shot. Yeah. And drone shots can be cool. Yeah. But I thought drone shots and stories like, what the heck is that drone doing <laughs> up there? And why am I looking at that? Yeah. Uh, so, again, which gets back to story. It's like, what's important in this story? Yeah. Who do I need to hear from? What do I need to see in this story? Focus on that and less on the technology because, honest to gosh, what you can do on your computer is, is wow. mind-boggling. There's a million things you can do, yeah. but stick to the story. And, and it's all about uh, choosing that, that, that right tool for the job. It's just like, you know, right. your equipment, you, you're going to use certain types of lenses or different types of microphones, but even in your shot selection, it also has to have a reason. Just like you said, you, if you're going to use, uh, you know, a zoom, there's got to be a good reason. And if you have that reason, right. then go ahead and use it, but don't use it right. just because you think it looks cool. Yeah. Here's uh, something that I just noticed and particularly with the remotes. Make sure that your camera lens is eye level to mm. whoever the on-air talent is. Yeah. So often I see the talent looking down. The, oh, the, yes. The computer's obviously yep. sitting on the desk. And it's like the, you want to, as much as possible, make that person look as good as they can. And you oh, also yeah. want to make them look as most accessible. And real life is we are eye to eye with each other. Yes. Um, and so when I'm looking down or looking up, uh, it's just sort of like that's not as comfortable and it's not as intimate mm -hmm. uh, and effective. Yeah. So, so I mean, honestly, a shoebox or a pile of books will be your friend because you got to put that computer up. And remember, yeah. when you're looking, look at the lens, not at the screen. Yeah, um, yeah, for those so remote shots, people, right? Yeah, and it, and it's hard not to, right? Yeah, you tend to look at the screen, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. Look at that green dot or the red dot or whatever color it is on your computer or whatever device that you're using. That's what you're looking at. Yes. You want to look at that. That's the person you're talking to. Yeah, great tip. Especially now since we're going to be probably seeing a lot of Zoom interviews, right, for right. these contests right. because we can't get there in person asking the person to, you know, look at that camera right? Uh, instead of looking and, off to, looking and, at themselves. And I guess it, right. And I guess you're going to be interviewing a stranger or a teacher or parent or, or you know, a business person, and they're going to look, they're going to be backlit. They're going to look, you know, and mm -hmm. what, and it's sort of a little embarrassing. And also, tick, tick, tick goes the clock. And this person's doing you a favor. Yeah. But, you know, what you need to do is to tell them, I want you to look as good as possible. Mm -hmm. So could you move your camera so that you're not so close to the window? Because I want to see your face. Yeah. And can you, is there a way to move the camera up so that uh, you're more eye level? Because I want you to look good. Uh, and, and there are going to be times when you're not going to get it. That's fine. Yeah. But you want to make the effort. And again, it's like you're trying to make them look good. Absolutely. That is just something that I've told my students over and over again when they go out to interview. Uh, because sometimes they'll even get someone that doesn't want to like maybe take off their glasses, you know, where they have sunglasses or a hat. 
and we, you know, there's a shadow on their face or certain, certain things. And so my advice to my students has always been, if you need help with convincing someone, you just tell them, I'm trying to make you look as good as possible. And right. usually they can't argue with that. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. Because yeah. it's not about you being the artiste, right? Yes. Well, can you push your hat back? It's like, no, really, this is the way I wear it. It's like, no, I want to make sure you look good. I can't see your face. Yeah. It's got a bad shadow on it. You know, the camera's not that good. You can lie a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, yeah. I just want to make sure you look good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No one is going to argue with that. Um, yeah. Any, no any, one's going to argue. What else can we think of to remind students out there of uh, some of some other tips that you have that you've seen along the way? Be yourself. And that, that, that if you're going to be on camera, I've seen too many people try to, you know, they get on the suits, they put on the tie. Mm-hmm. And, and the voice changes. They think they have to, they think they have to sort of go towards <laughs> that professional thing they've yeah, seen, yeah. you know. Okay. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, you are a 15-year-old student. Yeah. Uh, yes, you're talking about a serious topic. Uh, and yes, you can dress up depending on what the show is or what mm-hmm. the con- what the contest is, what uh, what your setting is. But you are 15 years old, 16 yep. years old. Uh, don't pretend to be otherwise, because I want to hear from that smart 15 year old. Okay, I don't want to hear from somebody who's trying to pretend to be Johnny announcer. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, and so and that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to be yourself. The other thing, and I see this all the time, is when people are reading copy, they want to be absolutely perfect and precise because they don't want to miss a single syllable or mispronounce anybody's <laughs> okay. name. Yeah, yeah. And they, right, right, which is the way they were taught to mm-hmm. read when they yeah. were in first grade. Okay. Very steady, very smooth. And that's not the way we talk. Mm-hmm. We sort of talk a little bit fast and then we sort of slow it down and then mm-hmm. we'll talk a little sort of like in between. And so however you talk, if you have copy in front of you or a copy that you've memorized or you're doing narration for B-roll, keep in mind of, well, how would I say this to my friend? Okay. Yeah. As opposed to yeah. the teacher has seen many difficult times before. No, the teacher has seen many difficult times before. Right. And it's not that I'm shouting, it's, you know, but it's the way that I talk normally. So however, it's the way you normally talk, that is good enough. And a matter of fact, that's perfect. Great advice. And and what else can you say about uh, where we have contests in which, let's say the crazy eights and the time limit is eight minutes. Should a school be trying to fill those eight minutes? Uh, yeah, whatever whatever the contest <laughs> is, there's always a maximum, maximum eight minutes, maximum right. three minutes. Yeah. And many people think, I got to get as close to that as possible. And let me tell you, no, you <laughs> don't. Okay? Yeah. It's, I would rather see a great five minutes of material that makes me think, God, I wish there were more, yeah. as opposed to seven minutes and 55 seconds, some of it, which was pretty good, some of it, which was eh, not quite so good. Mm-hmm. So that's what, and that's really hard to do yes. when tick, 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 when you've got the deadline, but it's part of the pre-planning and it's, and, and once you decide, okay, this is going to be our story or this is going to be our series of stories. This is going to be our show. Do not think you need to fit every single frame. Yeah. Right. It's, and, and part of it is sort of like, oh my gosh, we only have eight hours to do this. And it's like, well, what's reasonable to do in eight hours. Yeah. How long does it take to edit eight minutes of video? Ooh, that itself usually takes like three or four hours. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, 
then maybe we ought to try for six minutes of video, which means it's two to three hours of editing, mm -hmm. which means we have a little bit more time to shoot. Yeah. So, and really, I've never seen, I've never seen a judge say, oh, this is a great piece, but it was too short. <laughs> in 20-some-odd <laughs> yeah, years of yeah. judging, that's never been said. <laughs> and imagine, like, this is with just the crazy eights. Imagine what that was like, right? Tell us, like, when, when it was the sweet 16 and 16 minutes was the max uh, limit. I can imagine what that was like, you know, back yeah, then. Yeah, and, the, and really, and the judges got got punch drunk. They got crazy, yeah. you know. They thought, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. It's like, I got another 15 minutes. I got, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And But it's also true for whether it's short film or, or a documentary or mm -hmm. it's, I can't remember the time I thought, oh, this was too short. I absolutely remember many times, oh, this is just too long. It's just, you know, yeah. so, so be confident and comfortable in, you know what? I know we can get five kick butt minutes of video. Yeah. You're going to do this part. I'm going to do this part. We're going to do this part. Then you're going to narrate. Um, I know we can do that in eight hours. That's what you ought to do. Yeah, absolutely. So those are a lot of great, great tips for those of you competing and, uh, you know, we spoke a lot and we probably went over what we thought we were going to be talking about, which is okay. Cause we we shared a lot of great information and there's still a lot of information up on the website. We do need to start cutting this. Uh, we need to start getting to our close here, but I do want to mention a couple of other things for overall convention prep. Uh, we didn't cover earlier. Uh, if anyone is worrying about, let's say passwords for getting into like zoom calls and different things. Uh, those will be sent out uh, right before everything starts. I don't know if it's going to be a couple of days before, or but it will be coming out shortly. If you have registered for the contest, you will, or for the convention, I should say, you will be getting those through your email uh, so that you can then pass that on to students uh, to get into those uh, Zoom calls and sessions for uh, our speakers. The website is always and will be the best place to go to, to check out that information. The session page has been uh, updated. We have all of the session speakers up on the website. You can look and read their bios, go read what uh, their session is going to be about. Look at what time that the session is going to take place and all times are Pacific. So make sure that wherever you are in the country, you adjust your time zone so to match, you know, Pacific so that, you know, for us, I think it's two hours in Hawaii. So we have to be there two hours ahead of the time that's listed on the website. Uh, be very careful on that. I wanted to also quickly mention there is going to be something called the Spirit Awards this year. And STN and our social media director, Shonda, is going to be really monitoring our uh, social media that, that weekend and is going to be looking out for different posts that schools are putting out there about convention. You know, make sure you tag STN. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some hashtags that will go along with that. Post your shots. Um, if there's any interesting stories that you guys want to share about how things are going, post it and there'll actually be some prizes awarded to some schools that are participating by, you know, sharing information out uh, via social media. And uh, I think the last thing I just wanted to remind everybody about is the opening ceremonies. It's going to be on Friday, February 12th at 4 p.m. Pacific. We're going to have an opening ceremony. And then following that, I think, is like uh, like a roundtable on uh, 
contest, I think. Isn't that what that was? Right, right. So, and I'll be, I'll be part of that. Okay. It's also uh, a number of other judges, past uh, and current judges are going to be part of it, as well as uh, a former student. Uh, and so, nice. so you're not just going to hear me about, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you're going to hear from a lot of different judges saying, oh, this is what I look for, or, and this is what I recommend that you do. And that, I think that will be, re- it's going to be about an hour long. It will be, I think, well worth the hour. Uh, and will help you get as a class, as a project leader, ready for the next day when, you know, the contest starts. Yeah. So highly recommended that you attend that session. It'll be right after uh, the opening ceremonies on that first night, on that Friday. And and then we start off the convention with the Crazy Eights on Saturday. And then on Sunday and Monday, we follow that up with uh, different individual contests as well as our speakers. And then the following weekend, we come back with uh, the closing. And then even throughout the week, there's going to be different things that will be happening. So check out, again, check out the website. We have uh, lots of information there. There's even going to be this night with Newhouse. And this is hosted by um, the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse. And that'll be on Thursday the 18th. They'll have different speakers. Uh, They're sponsoring that night. There's just going to be lots of things going on in that week uh, leading up to the closing ceremony. So check the website, check our social media uh, and be prepared, get out there, have your students take a look at stuff ahead of time. Just like, you know, Ken has said, don't wait until the last minute. Always check those things. All of that information is there. Check Josh's emails for the convention hacks and uh, just get ready. I think we're gonna have a blast. It's not gonna be the same as being there in person, but I think we're still gonna have a fantastic time at the 2021 STN National Convention hosted online this year. And I'm really looking forward to the chance to see more terrific work. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are. I hope you have a great time doing it. Yes. So thanks so much, Ken, for joining us today and sharing your wisdom over the years. We want to thank you for all that you've done uh, for STN. And we hope that you continue to help us and bless us with your uh, (laughs) expertise and knowledge as a judge and as a board member. And uh, thanks for joining me today as part of the uh, podcast. And uh, we will see everyone in about a week. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Hello, everyone. Take care. You've been listening to the Student Television Network podcast. Say your name and spell it. For more information about STN, visit our website at www.studenttelevision.org.